Are you looking to really accelerate your personal growth? If so, go to my website and download the free Abundance Benchmark. It's going to give you some amazing feedback on where you're stuck in life. Again, it's totally free, and you can grab yours right now at MatthewBivens.com. Welcome to Having It All. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I bring you conversations and insights that explore the question, what does having it all mean to you? My goal is to leave you with stories you can relate to and messages you can take action on so that you can create an abundant, loving life. I am so excited that you're here to hang out with me today. Now, let's jump right into this episode. My guest today is Jake Heilbrunn. And to say this guy has a unique story is an understatement. Jake is an author who recently published a book called Off the Beaten Trail, which documents his experience of dropping out of college to go on a soul-searching journey through Central America. Not only is the book itself an example of intention at work, but also the way that Jake got the book funded and endorsed, which I'm excited to have him share. Jake is also a speaker, uses his story to inspire people to follow their intuition and believe in their own greatness. I am so excited to have Jake with me on the show today. Jake, how are you being? I'm I'm being and doing awesome. Thank you for having me on the show. Very cool, man. Well, again, thank you for for coming and talking to me. And before we dive into all the the great stuff we're going to talk about, I got to mention that Jake, you are from my hometown in California. You uh, you live out in Del Mar, California. Is that correct? Yeah, just right east of Del Mar, but basically the same area. Yeah, that's super cool. That's so cool. And and for you listeners out there, Del Mar is a small beach town, just a little bit north of San Diego. So uh, I've never met anybody who's actually from there or from that immediate area. So when 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 you and I connected on that, I thought that was that was definitely special, and I had to drop it at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, well, Jake, you've got a pretty amazing story here and you actually turned it into a book. And so uh, that's, that's sort of where I want to start. And really to kick things off in this conversation, I want to read a quote to you. And I know that you've heard this quote before because it led to an aha moment and really thrust you into action. So the quote goes, if you fuel your journey on the opinions of others, you are going to run out of gas. So, Jake, oh, yeah. why, <laughs> now why was that quote so powerful to you? That quote was eye-opening for me because it, when I read that quote, it was sort of something clicked in my head. At the time, just to give a little context, I started my freshman year at Ohio State University about two years ago in the fall of 2014. And soon after arriving, I had broken out in hives and rashes all over my body. I had no idea why. And unfortunately, it continued almost every day. I was waking up with something new. And I saw doctors, immunologists, dermatologists. I had the whole pills, creams, tests, the whole nine yards, and then some. And they didn't know what was causing my skin to erupt. So they diagnosed me with chronic urticaria, which is just a fancy name for saying your skin's freaking out and we don't know why. So here's the name for it. And I became really anxious and um, unhappy. I didn't know what was causing this. And I started to question the path that I was on. And I realized I was working really hard in school. You know, I made some friends, I was doing really well on the outside. 
but I was completely unfulfilled then. And when I saw that quote, if you, I remember I saw it on Twitter out of all places. <laughs> and, I was, and I remember just like walking to class and seeing that quote and being like, oh my goodness, because I was just going down the path that was kind of prescribed for me, making people happy with, you know, what I felt like I was expected to do. And I was really unfulfilled. And I realized that my journey was being fueled on the opinions of other people. And then I was, I felt myself starting to run out of gas. And for me now, I, I actually view my skin condition as a blessing. It lasted about six, seven months. So I've always had sensitive skin, but now it's pretty tamed. But for me, it was the physical manifestation of an inner conflict within me about the life that I was living and the life that I wanted to be living. There was a disconnect. And that quote just shook me up and made me realize that I was not living a life fueled on my own energy and my own passion. And if I continued down this path, that one day I was going to burn out because it was on the opinions of other people. So that quote is dear to me. And I, I've used that actually speaking at high schools. I've spoken about that quote. So it, it's, it was a powerful quote for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I read it and, and all sorts of things come up in my mind about what, you know, the actions that I'm taking that are really fueled by the opinions of other people. And so who were the other people that you were uh, you were acting for? Well, it's funny. It's not like it wasn't like a specific person in the sense, um, I, you know, I had I had friends and family like my parents, my older sister w w graduated from college and my grandparents had worked really hard and were helping pay for my education. So I felt like this pressure to not let them down like my my grandparents some my grandpa was an immigrant here from germany who escaped nazi germany and my other grandpa um you know grew up really poor and worked really hard to give me this foundation and my parents the foundation to you know go to college and i felt like i had to do that but i realized that um maybe although it might be hard for them to understand i felt like i just wasn't I wasn't in the place to be in school at the moment. I was really mentally not doing well. Anxiety was just a word for me prior to getting to school and it, you know, having this ball roll up in my throat and almost prevent me from speaking certain times and, and not knowing what the cause of that, that was really, that was really difficult for me. But yeah, just the expectations of society too. I grew up in a high school where, you know, people, it was expected to go to college right after and then you get this good job and you kind of keep climbing up this ladder. And I never really questioned it, to be honest. Makes sense. I, I totally get that. I mean, how, how old are you, Jake? I just turned 20. Okay. So, you know, you and I aren't too far apart in age. And it's, it was definitely the expectation for, for myself and my siblings that, you know, you, you go to high school, you get high grades, you graduate and you move on to college, you get a job. And even though my parents didn't push it on us, it was definitely part of the script that I bought into. So the fact that you too bought into that script and, and it sounds like it had a lot of weight on it and there was a, a disconnect between how you were feeling internally and what people on the outside were saying that you needed to do. And uh, I think it's pretty awesome that, you know, I wrote this down when you said it, your skin condition and the things that, that erupted on your body were a physical manifestation of inner conflict. I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. I think I, in a way, like I, I said it was a blessing because I definitely didn't feel it was a blessing at the time. I can tell yeah, you that. But 
um, a lot of people, you know, everyone reacts and interprets things and their body works in different ways. And I've always had sensitive skin. So if something's going on internally for me, I was lucky in the sense that I couldn't ignore the inner issues that I was experiencing because it was causing me a lot of physical pain and discomfort. Absolutely. And it made me really take a long, hard look at myself and started asking questions. And it didn't happen overnight. Like I started questioning the why and what I was doing. And I eventually found the answer, which was, you know, that, that quote that we talked about earlier helped me find it. But I eventually took that leap of faith after many months of questioning the why. And for whatever reason for me, like traveling and experiencing different ways of life was something that called out to me. I mean, I thought about it all the time. I would sit in my bed at night and look at the ceiling and think about it. I didn't understand why, but it was all I wanted to do. And it was just this gut feeling that that was right. But leaving that path and, you know, not necessarily letting someone down, but removing myself from the script that the script that was prescribed for me and maybe expected for me to follow was one of the most difficult decisions that I've, I've ever had to make. Yeah, absolutely. I can totally, totally relate with that. And um, I want to get into your story, but I do want to say one last thing about the, the, you know, the, the manifestation in your body. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. So listeners, if you've listened to the show, you, you might have heard me say this, but I believe that your body is simply a printer and you tell it what to print. So, you know, with you, Jake, you were telling it what to print and it was coming out as these these hives and these rashes. And, you know, I, I, I pose this question to the listener out there. What is your body communicating to you right now? Because if, if the things that are manifesting on the outside are just results of what's happening on the inside, and Jake, you're such an amazing example of this, then what's going on in the bodies of those, you know, those folks who are listening? Because that right there, I think, could be, uh, we could have an entire podcast conversation just on, on that belief right there. Yeah, man, I've never heard that printer analogy. That's powerful. Yeah, it's not my own, but when I heard it, 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 it resonated with me, and uh, I've, I've used it ever since. But um, yeah, let's, like uh, let's go ahead and, and fast forward a little bit. So um, you felt this conflict and you decided that you were going to take a leap of faith. And what did you do? Yeah, well, it's funny. So about two weeks before the first semester ended, I canceled all of my classes for the next semester, canceled my housing, and I planned on taking a leave the next semester to go travel. And I freaked out. <laughs> and um, a week after I did that, I uncanceled everything because I was scared. It was like a huge decision for me. So then I uncanceled everything. and I thought I was going to give another semester of school a try. And I get back and the very first night back is the national championship football game for Ohio State and they were in it. And for the listeners who don't know, Ohio State football is a <laughs> big deal. Yes, like it is. it is nothing like I had ever experienced. It's like a religion there. And of course, they won the game. And people went crazy, like it was mayhem, thousands of students swarming campus, like screaming their love for the school. And I remember waking up the next morning feeling absolutely miserable. And I grabbed my phone and I had all these like Instagram and phone text calls from people saying like, congrats, Jake, you must be so happy. Oh, you're the man, like congrats on the game. And every time I read one of these, my stomach twisted. Because here I was in an, in an environment where everyone around me seemed to be happy and loving the school. And, and I was painting this picture and perception that friends and family thought I was happy and I wasn't. 
And just like the quote, I was feeling my journey on the opinions of others. And I was really in a bad state. Like my anxiety was unbelievably high. I had zero self-confidence. I was just not in a good place. And so I saw this. I, I, I always went to class. I didn't go to class that day. And I made a, an appointment with this career counselor who I'd seen a couple times the first semester. We basically, it, it very quickly moved from career stuff to almost like therapy. Um, I had never really had anxiety or depression before. And just being able to speak that aloud to her was really powerful for me because I, I was kind of a scared. I didn't know that these feelings were common. Like there's literally millions of college students now and people around the country who feel anxiety and depression, like they're very common mental health issues. But at the time, I thought I was alone and I thought I was unique to it. So I kept it very much to myself. So being able to speak with her was powerful. And, you know, we developed some trust. I'd seen her maybe five times. And then that day I got the last appointment with her and she asked me two questions that changed my life. And these questions I've used multiple times since then in any big decision. And first she said, if you, and she was familiar with my desire to travel. And she said, if you, what is the worst case scenario if you left school to travel? And of course, I had never articulated it. I'd always kept it in my head and extrapolated it to a point where I thought if I left school to travel, I would become this big failure. No one would ever want to hire me. I would never amount to anything. And I remember saying this aloud to her, and I almost started laughing because I realized that my fears and thoughts were just that fears and thoughts. But by keeping them in and suppressing it, I was paralyzing myself from moving forward and gaining that clarity to really understand, okay, what is the realistic worst case scenario? And once I said that aloud to her and voiced it, it gave me that freedom to just understand, wow, it probably wouldn't be so bad. And then she looks at me and she says, well, you keep focusing on the worst thing. Well, what about the best thing that could happen? And it was in that moment, I took the time to tune in and I, I kind of just thought about it. And I imagined myself kind of living in this like foreign country and living with a local family and meeting people from all over the world and having these incredible experiences and maybe even writing a book about it to inspire my community and people to, you know, take a leap of faith in pursuit of their dreams and pursue what calls out to them. And it was in that moment I looked at her and I said, I'm going to leave school to travel. And what's so powerful for me is that by immersing myself, by understanding the worst case scenario and being real with that, but then immersing myself in the best case scenario of what could happen. And when I, when I chose to act out of that state of consciousness, it just made me come alive. And that's where my life changed when I chose to act out of that state. So that's been a huge learning lesson for me. And a couple of days later, I flew home and I began my research to figure out where I was going to go. <laughs> I had a little under $4,000. So I started researching about where I wanted to go. Man, that is a, uh... That's a powerful example. There's so many things packed into that one experience. And I, I think first and foremost, it, you know, hats off to you for, for seeking out counsel. You know, like she, you said that she wasn't a therapist. She was a, a career counselor, but it was, it was somebody that you trusted, you built trust up, trust up with, and you could just open up and be vulnerable. And that's something we'll get into a little bit later, but you know, you're, you're, you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable in that moment. As you said, it just created the opportunity for, for her to then ask those questions and for you to answer them from a real honest place and realize like, wow, the worst case scenario is not that terrible. And in fact, the best case scenario sounds quite incredible. So yeah, let me go, let me go towards that. 
That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I speak at high schools and a lot of times I'll, I touch on that because what I realized coming home and I did what I kind of mentioned before is that so many kids feel this way. And, you know, there's kind of this like stigma towards reaching out and like, you know, it, it really is a sign of strength to just say, you know, I need some help. And I think it in, in my own experience, like I tried to hide it, but it's so important that if you are struggling to find someone to open up with, because that counselor, it's funny, I, I'm sent I yesterday, I shipped out a book to her, I hadn't talked to her in a long time. And she has no idea like the impact that she's had on my life. But wow. she literally changed my life. And it's, you know, just someone to speak to. And she, you know, just understanding that you're not alone, but by speaking about it with someone, it can give you the clarity and just the understanding that you need to move forward. Yeah, I'm really happy you said that there's strength in, in asking for help because uh, I lived most of my life um, with the opposite belief that yeah. if you ask for help, that's a weakness, especially as a man, yeah. you know, especially as oh, a, yeah. a man in, in, in American society. It's like that's the last thing you want to do is ask for help. But um, I have flipped that. And, and like you, I have uh, felt the, the incredible uh, release kind of like releasing the pressure out of a valve and the the power that comes from, you know, just being honest and and opening up and sharing myself and seeking feedback and receiving feedback. And when you were talking, you reminded me of uh, Stephen Covey and, and, and in, in Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he talks about how your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits and your habits become your character. And mm -hmm. with you, you had these these thoughts, these things running through your your mind. And then when you actually put them into words with your with your counselor and verbalize them, you start you, you were able to hear kind of it wasn't so terrible. You know, those fears that you had were just swirling in your head. And as long as you kept them in your head, they were allowed to 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 remain as fears and to grow and to just spread and, and do all sorts of things within you. But then you put them to words and you heard them. And you were like, damn, that's not that, that's not that, that's not that terrible. And I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah, thank you. And I love that Stephen Covey saying, I, I've, that's an amazing book. Yeah, no, it's, uh, that book has changed my life. And uh, I've read it, I don't know, three or four times now. And it's, uh, it's amazing. So listeners out there, if you have not read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, go and pick yourself up a copy. You will not regret it. So, Amen. <laughs> yeah, man. So, Jake, so tell me now you've you've uh, decided you're going to take this trip. You've gone home. You're you're doing your research. And where did you decide to go? Yeah. So I had um, maybe it was at three thousand bucks saved up and I worked about a month for another month just to get some more money. And I found this site called Workaway. And it's essentially a travel cultural exchange site where you can connect with hosts all over the world doing a variety of different projects from teaching English to working in a hostel to working on a farm. And essentially, you volunteer X amount of hours a day in return for room and board. So I did some research and I wanted to kind of live in a, a country way different than anything I'd experienced, preferably a third world country. I just wanted to kind of go beyond the experiences that I've had. I wanted to have an experience that would make me question everything I thought I knew. And I, I've played soccer for 14 years. It was a huge part of my life, and I knew how big it is in Latin America. So I started looking in Central America, and I found this guy's profile in Guatemala, and it said, whatever your skill set may be, the people of Pitan need your help. 
And I remember thinking to myself, perfect. I'm 18. I have no professional skills. Um, but, you know, I'm willing to make a difference in any way I can. And I suggested teaching English and soccer. So I sent the host an email and we Skyped real quick. He was a really cool guy. He's like, yeah, come on over. So that night I booked a one-way flight to Guatemala that left in a month. I got some vaccines just in case I needed, like, you know, research travel insurance. I got a backpack at REI, like never been backpacking, never been camping. And I just, I didn't bring a phone either because I wanted to experience life in the moment. And I realized at school, I was sort of using social media in not the best fashion, sort of comparing myself to other people. And I just felt like I needed to, this journey was for me and no one else. So I didn't want to bring a phone. And this guy like sends me an email, like he was an ex hostage raid and recovery vet in the special forces. So this dude was a badass, and like he just, something that could seem very difficult to him just seemed like no big deal. So he sends me this like three line email saying, when you get to Guatemala, take a taxi to the bus station or to the, yeah, to the bus station, buy a nine hour bus ride ticket to this town, then take a ticket to this town and ask for Chris the gringo because there's no home addresses and there's only Wi-Fi in this small cafe. <laughs> and wow. so I'm like, okay, like told my parents I had it all figured out. And you know, I eventually made it to this town. It took me like over a day because the bus got stuck for eight hours on the side of the road. But I eventually made it and it was just accomplishing tasks like those that birthed this sense of empowerment within me because, you know, the unknown is so frightening. But once we dive into it and you realize it's not as scary. And yeah. so I got to this town and I spent six weeks teaching English and living with this local family and connecting with the community, you know, living in this town. It was so amazing. To, I got to feel like I was living in this town, like understanding how these people lived, playing soccer with the locals, and we got to do some trekking in the jungle to explore some of the ancient Mayan ruins of El Mirador. So it was a pretty incredible six weeks. And then I spent the next, um, you know, three months or so just backpacking and volunteering throughout Central America. Wow. And and if I remember reading this correctly, uh, you don't speak Spanish, correct? Yeah, other than about hola, gracias, and baño, <laughs> I, I didn't know much. Um, but it was funny. So we got stuck on the road, I mentioned, for eight hours. And I remember I had brought the book Unbroken with me. It's a story about this this incredible survival story of, of a World War II vet um, and his story, like being captured by the Japanese. It's just an incredible, uplifting story. And I remember wanting to bring that to kind of inspire me to have a positive mindset and I was reading it on the side of the road, like everyone just got out of the bus. It was hot. Like it was so weird to me because we're in this like not accident, but there was an accident way up ahead. We're on but literally a road in what feels like the middle of nowhere, this one way road. And as far as you can see in both directions, there's just cars stopped and people are just out on the side of the road hanging out like it's no big deal. I remember thinking like, wow, people in the U.S. would be freaking out about their appointments and yeah. <laughs> all the other things. But they were just so calm. I remember reading the book and I'm like, okay, here I am. This is a perfect opportunity to connect with people. But I didn't know how because I didn't speak the language. But I had a soccer ball in my backpack that I was bringing and it was deflated. So I went and pumped it up and I started just juggling the ball around. And then a couple of guys got interested and started kicking it around with me. And I and I ended up making like four or five friends just through the game of soccer. It's like the universal language. And, you know, use some body language and very broken words to connect. But I made these friends and, and that was just one experience where you really learn the power of body language and nonverbal, nonverbal communication to connect. 
And another one of the big things I learned was the power of smiling. Like I, I would, I never really considered myself a guy who like smiled. But when you're in these situations where you need help and you can't speak the language, like when you approach someone with a smile, like that's universal. People understand what a smile and a laugh is. So you, when you bring forth this like lighthearted energy, people usually you know think, okay, this guy's not as much of a, a threat as he would be if he was like frowning or something. So just to try and convey this energy of sincerity was always really helpful for me, you know, without speaking the language. But of course, after about three weeks living in this town, I studied and took lessons with a guy and I started teaching English to a classroom of kids who didn't know it and only spoke Spanish. So I picked it up very quickly. Wow, that's amazing. You know, what I what I really like about your story and, uh, and appreciate about you is your willingness to step into situations that are probably uncomfortable. They may or may not have been uncomfortable to you, but they're definitely unknown. And so many people, myself included for many years, the unknown terrified me, scared the shit out of me. Like mm-hmm. if, if I couldn't telegraph what was going to come up next, it, there's a great chance that I wasn't going to do it. And, you know, again, what I, what, I, what I love about when I hear you tell your story, there's a lot of examples in there of you don't know what the next move is. You don't know what, you know, what the outcome could be, but you're just going to go and figure it out. And at, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this and it probably sounds ridiculous, but at your age, you know, quote unquote, like to be able to have have harnessed that and to tapped into that and to learn that about yourself, I think is is amazing. And I think it's really cool that, you know, you you speak at high schools and you speak to different people because just that part of your story alone, I think, can change people's lives of stepping into the unknown, trusting themselves. And you also talk a lot about trusting your intuition and trusting your gut. And that's something that you relied on um, heavily during your your uh, your adventure as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and at first, I, I really appreciate what you said. But it's, you know, I've written about this, I almost feel like there's this muscle. And it, it really, to me is a muscle. It's like the follow your gut muscle is what I call it. And once you take that first leap of faith, and for me, like taking so from the outside, what I did could be considered ludicrous. Like I remember this TSA agent told me I was nuts for what I was doing. But I had done my research. And like, statistically, it's like more dangerous to get in your car like, you know, the odds of getting in an accident. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't a reckless decision for me. Like what I was doing, it was like a gut feeling that I was acting on. And of course it was still unknown, but once you dive in and take that first step and, you know, like MLK has that, that quote, you don't have to see the full care, full staircase to take that first step of faith, but you have to, or you have to take the first step. I kind of mixed that up, but I think you, (laughs) you get the point. But um, once you do one thing, then you understand, wow, like, you know, you don't always have to see the end result. But if it feels right within, you have to take that first step. And then once I did that once, it kind of started, it was like a muscle. And then I gained the confidence to do it again and again and again. And so I think it's the hardest thing, the hardest part of my entire journey. Of course, I spent, I had a lot of little bumps in the road and even writing the book, the hardest part was just starting to leave school and to book that flight to Guatemala is everything else tends to work out. And it's just trusting in your gut. And once you do it once, you get the confidence and you, you understand that feeling. It becomes a familiar feeling. And kind of lastly, Tony Robbins has talked about like six things that people need in their life. And one of them is uncertainty. And it's such a paradox because half the time we all want to know what's going to happen when we do X or Y or Z. But if someone told you when you were going to get married, 
when you were going to almost die or when you were going to meet this incredible best friend, when you were going to go on this awesome adventure, if you knew all the significant moments in your life, your life would be so boring. You, would, you wouldn't want to know because it's the very essence of the unknown, which makes us feel alive and get that childlike curiosity where we feel so present. So it's kind of this paradox of we have to understand that not knowing is what makes life fun and exciting. Boom. That's awesome. Tons of quotables right there, man. That was great. <laughs> Thanks. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have a I have a question for you about vulnerability because you've written about vulnerability on your blog, and um, and by the way, uh, you know we're gonna plug your blog, and and so for everyone listening out there, um, Jake he he doesn't he doesn't only write books, but he also writes blog articles, and they've been published all over the web, and and they're awesome, they're really great, and uh, I was reading one of them earlier today about vulnerability, and you've talked and you've written about your past vulnerabilities. But I want to hear you open up about something current, something that you're experiencing in your life right now, because I believe it's not necessarily what, about what we did back then, but what we're doing now that keeps us growing and keeps us healing. So I like to call these epic challenges, and an epic challenge is an area in your life where you're just stuck. You're stuck in your understanding. You're stuck in your ability to create a new experience for yourself. And uh, again, it's something you're, you're moving through and with and working on right now. So Jake, what is a current epic challenge for you? Yeah, well, I love that. Putting me on the spot a little bit here, Matt, huh? There you go. Absolutely, man. <laughs> um, well, it's funny. So I've been working on this book for the past 16 months. And last week I published it and it was a, it was a dream come true for me. I've never worked so hard and so long on a project that I had, you know, didn't know anything about. And realizing it was an incredible feeling. And of course, you know, when you get a book out and speaking, it's a, it's a marathon on a sprint. But I, you know, I, I'm not in college and I don't necessarily plan on going back. And I'm right now living at home with my with my dad. And I don't totally know what my future holds. And it's weird. Like I'm just right now sitting with the unknown because um, you know, I don't have like the optimal social life, I guess, that I would like to have not being in a college town or college environment. And I'm trying to figure out a way where I can continue making a difference, of course, getting a job and also being in an environment where I can be with other people my age, which I think are all three critically important things. And for me, I don't like to dive right into something. I have to sit and think about what's the next move. And for me right now, I'm in that that period sitting I don't know what my future holds. I don't know where I'll be in three months. And I want to, you know, 
make sure that I can be in a place where I'm surrounded by other people um, because it, it can be a little bit lonely when you're pursuing a goal that you're not necessarily part of a team. Like I love connecting with people. I'm very introverted, but I'm also very extroverted. So I'm just kind of sitting right now with this unknown and it's not the, it's not the most fun feeling, even what we talked about before, like, and what I talked about, about the, the very unknown aspect of life is what makes it interesting, but it's still, I'm sitting with, okay, not just not knowing, but like how to move forward. So I'm, I'm definitely trying to figure out what, what I want to do next and kind of sitting with this acceptance of not knowing and being okay with it. And how have you been sitting with it? How, how has that, that experience and process been like for you? Um, well, it hasn't been very long considering I just published the book. Like I kind of had the, I knew like once the book was out, um, I would start thinking about the future. But for me, it's, uh, I, I love surfing and I love exercising. And for me, after I get a good workout in it, I can get in that state where I'll do, I have the Headspace app, just kind of like tuning in. Um, I've learned that it's, you know, all my experiences have shown me that listening to your inner voice is the most important thing. And so the, I know also from my past experience that it doesn't happen overnight. So right now I'm just kind of trying to sit with it and think about what what possibilities are out there because I know I need to do something. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And, you know, with your when you were in school and you were going through all those things you were going through, you reached out to your career counselor and, and um, she was able to give you some powerful perspective. Do you have folks in your life right now that you are leaning on to get that fresh perspective, to get that raw feedback from, to help you to figure out what your next step is going to be? Yeah, I, I definitely have people I'm really close with and a lot of good friends. Even I have a core group of friends who I did open up about when I was struggling at school, maybe four or five of them. So I did have people I could talk to, but I think you, you, you're actually making a really good point. Like I also sometimes think it can help to, to speak with someone who knows you, still knows you, but maybe a little bit less to give you more of a, um, an ob- or objective like uh, perspective, I guess you could say. So you're making me think about maybe going up and speaking with someone who might be able to give me some insight. And I think just being able to vocalize it, a lot of times we find the answers ourselves. So I think by even you asking me this right now, my, the wheels in my head are turning. So I definitely will, will take you up on that and to, to seek out some, some guidance from people because that's, that's worked for me in the past. Oh, that's very cool. I'm happy that that, that got some things moving. And I, I only speak from my experience. And, uh, and also I, I try to listen out for patterns. And so the fact that you said that your counselor in the past, really she helped to launch you in a totally new direction in your life and, and uh, changed your life, as you said, it, I think it would be powerful, potentially have a conversation with somebody who could uh, to lend that perspective. And I know for myself, um, I'm a part of an, a weekly accountability group. And um, so I, I get six different people's perspectives each week on the different things that I'm that I'm feeling and, and facing and going through. And uh, it's been a life changer for me. So sounds like that could be something to to help move you through your current epic challenge, which uh, I have the feeling that you are going to uh, be looking at that challenge in the rearview mirror in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think you're absolutely right. So, so Jake, the name of this show is Having It All. And I'm curious, what does having it all mean to you? For me, having it all is just being fulfilled and 
grateful for where you are both, you know, professionally and socially and knowing that you're being and stepping into the greatest version of yourself in multiple different aspects of your life, you know, health wise and, you know, working towards financially and impact wise. So for me, that is always the goal that I'm trying to, you know, elevate myself to each and every day and also focusing on the gratitude of what I am experiencing on a day-to-day basis and being thankful for that, which I do have. That's beautiful, man. I love that you, as you have gratitude in there, I think that's, uh, amazing to be able to create a habit around gratitude and, and, um, what you said, I think will resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. Thank you. It's, I have a, so a couple things I've been doing over the past year is a cold shower every morning. And then I write five things. Yeah. I have a gratitude journal. So starting your day with writing five things you're grateful for is Sean Aker had a really, really popular Ted talk and even doing it for 21 days can increase your happiness levels. I've been doing it for over a year. And it's just starting your day by focusing on the, the abundance as opposed to something you don't have. It's been really powerful. Hey, man, you're speaking my language. You know, the, AL, <laughs> the ALL and having it all stands for abundant, loving life. And so abundance is in tapping into and becoming aware of and appreciating the, the abundance um, that's all around us, I think, is so incredibly important. And it's awesome that you have created a, a journaling habit. And uh, that's powerful. Yeah, thank you. Well, I uh, we're coming to a close here, and I want to give you an opportunity to um, talk for a minute about your book and and let people know uh, where they can purchase the book or go learn more about it, and also learn more about you. Yeah, so the book is called Off the Beaten Trail: A Young Man's Soul Searching Journey Through Central America. It is available on Amazon, both Kindle and paperback. I'm excited; it came out last week, and it's just about my journey essentially leaving an unfulfilling path and paving a new one, what I learned along the way. Of course, my journey traveling through Central America alone and leaving college. And for me, you know, the essence and the message is having the courage to listen to your inner voice and take that leap of faith in pursuit of your dreams and passions because that's where happiness resides. And yeah, I'd love for you to just go check it out. I got pretty excited. I received an endorsement from Jack Canfield the day of my book launch last week. (laughs) I'd given him the... Wow. Yeah, I gave him the book five months ago, and, and like I could not have been more stoked to on my launch day to get his endorsement. So that was really exciting. So yeah, I'd love for you guys to check it out and let me know what you think. And I also, um, I have a weekly blog where I have tons of other content, so you're welcome to check that stuff out as well. And where can they find um, the blog and, and all that, the, the ability to connect with you? Where can they find that? Yeah, so my name is Jake Heilbrunn. That's H-E-I-L-B-R-U-N-N.com is my website and all my social media handles. So yeah, feel free to just reach out and connect with me and I'd love for you to say hi. Awesome, awesome. And I'm going to have links to your book and to your website, all of that um, in the show notes and also some links to some of the different things that you had mentioned um, during our conversation like uh, like the book Unbroken and, and Work Away. I think those are some amazing tools and, and resources that you use. And I want the listeners to also be able to tap into those things as well. And uh, Jake, man, this was a great conversation. I really do appreciate your time. And I have one final question for you. The question is, do you have it all? I do. And I'm focused on creating even more of what I already have. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> hey, however, however you answer it, that's that's the perfect answer, and it sounds like 
yes, you do. And you are continuing to tap into the abundance. That's awesome. Yes. I love that way you said that. Very cool, man. Well, Jake, again, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on the podcast and dropping a little bit of your insights. And, uh, you know, this was a really fun conversation. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me on, Matt. It was a blast. Two quick things before you leave. First, did you know that the Having It All podcast is a part of the Fireside Network? Yep, we are one of the esteemed shows that calls Fireside Network home. That means if you ever want to listen to a show outside of iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your favorite podcasting app is, all you need to do is visit firesidenetwork.com and under shows, select Having It All. From there, you can access all the episodes, see the show notes, learn about my guests and more. Second, I am very excited to announce that my brand new website is live. Visit MatthewBivens.com and you can learn more about me, get plugged into an accountability group, and pick up some free content like the Abundance Benchmark. I am all about helping you not only identify what your ideal life looks like, but also helping you on your journey towards it. I want you to experience more abundance and love in your life. So, Again, you can find out more information about all of that great stuff at MatthewBivens.com. Thank you once more for listening to the show. And here is to you having it all. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.